the unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it, we can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha, homage to the Dharma, homage to the Sangha. The talk I'm going to give today is taken from a small sutta from the Itivutaka, which is uh, in the Sutta Pitaka basket. You know, I said there were three baskets. And um, the Itivutaka is a collection of 112 short discourses. The word Itivutaka takes its name from the statement at the beginning of each of the discourses. So at the beginning of each of the discourses is said, this was said by the Buddha. Or sometimes the, this is said by the Blessed One or this is said by the Lord. But, but that's how each of these uh, short discourses starts and that's what this, that word means. Okay. In an article I read by Tani Saro Bhikkhu, um, about the Itivutaka, he says, this collection as a whole is attributed to a lay woman named Kujutara. She uh, was an attendant in the palace of King Udina of Kosambi and um, was a servant to one of his queens, Samavati. I hope those are close. Because the queen could not leave the palace to hear the Buddha's discourses, uh, she sent Kudivitaka in her place. And Kudivitaka would go and listen to the Buddha and memorize all these, what becomes 112 short verses. Uh, when she returned to the palace, uh, she would teach the queen and the queen's 500 ladies-in-waiting. So this is a different time and a different culture. Um, but she was really good at this. And for her efforts, the Buddha cited her as the foremost of his lay disciples in terms of her learning. And it was considered a very, and she was also considered a very effective teacher of Buddhism. And kind of in, in ending in, in this piece by Tani Saravikku when he talks about uh, this book of suttas and Kujatara. Uh, he says, if these, if these discourses had not been memorized, our knowledge of the Buddha's teachings would have been severely impoverished. Like Queen Samavati and her entourage, we are in uh, Kujatara's debt. So, uh, you know, obviously, this uh, this monk thinks a lot of her, okay? Be and because the discourse that I'm going to be talking about this morning is not very long, um, I'm going to read it in its entirety. And it's entitled, in the translation that I chose, it's entitled Investigating. And the translation is by John Ireland. Okay. So, here we go. This was said by the Lord. 
bhikkhus, a bhikkhu should so investigate that as he investigates, his consciousness is not distracted and diffused externally, and internally is not fixed. And by not grasping anything, he should remain undisturbed. If his consciousness is not distracted and diffused externally, and internally is not fixed, and if by not grasping anything he remains undisturbed, then there is no coming into existence of birth, aging, death, and suffering in the future. And then this little piece ends with a short verse. When a bhikkhu has, when a bhikkhu has abandoned the seven ties and cut the cord, his wanderings on in births is finished. There is no renewal of being for him. Okay, and the, when it refers to the seven ties, the seven ties are craving, views, conceit, anger, ignorance, defilement, and misconduct. And the cord, uh, when it says the seven ties and cut the cord, uh, the, to- the cord is the cord of being or the, uh, the cord of craving for being. So when when I ran across this oh a few years back, I just was really taken by um, how similar it was to our practice of meditation, which is sometimes called shikantaza, just sitting. You know, we we call it serene reflection meditation. Um, yeah, I was just I was just really struck by that. So. In our meditation, just sitting doesn't mean that we shut off or close down. We don't stop our thought process. Well, good luck if you try. You're going to have a a lot of success there. Stillness doesn't mean there is nothing going on inside or outside. But what we're doing is we're just observing when we're meditating and are aware of what is happening. We're aware of it and we observe it. We don't get all involved in it. When we get too pulled off by the outside or the inside, because both of those things enter into our meditation, when we become too involved in a thought pattern, we bring ourselves back to where we are in the presence. Yeah, the present. Uh, We do this over and over again, okay? And over time, the mind becomes quieter, awareness grows, and the mind comes back to the present much quicker. I mean, I really noticed that with my mind. And, of course, that can just be another spin-off if you get into it. But your mind just comes back. You know, you wander and your mind just comes back. Where originally, maybe there was a lot of, you know, dragging, dragging yourself back to the present moment. So in the Platform Sutra, the Zen teachings of Wienang, and this is a translation by Red Pine, Venerable Wienang says, what do we mean in this school by to practice Zen? By to practice, we mean not to be obstructed by anything and externally not to give rise to thoughts about objects, objective states. And by Zen, we mean to see our nature without being confused. And what do we mean by Zen meditation? Externally, to be free of form is Zen, and internally, not to be confused is meditation. Externally, if you are attached to form, internally your mind will be confused. Your nature itself is pure and focused. It is just that you come into contact with objects 
and as you come into contact, you become confused. When you are free of form and not confused, you are focused. To be free of form externally is Zen. Not to be confused internally is meditation. External Zen and internal meditation. This is what we mean by Zen meditation. Okay, and by... I'm going to read something now by Zen Master Dogen, and it's, it's our meditation rules. I'm just going to take some phrases from that. For when the opposites arise, the Buddha mind is lost. All you have to do is cease from erudition, withdraw within, and reflect upon yourself. Control mind function, will, consciousness, memory, perception, and understanding. You must not strive thus to become Buddha. Neither trying to think nor trying not to think. Just sitting with no deliberate thought is the important aspect of serene reflection meditation. Understand clearly that the truth appears naturally. And when your mind will be, will be free from doubts and vacillation all and then, excuse me, and then your mind will be free from doubts and vacillation. All activity is permeated with pure meditation. The means of training are a thousandfold, but pure meditation must be done. So again, investigating in this little sutta and, and its explanation um, really sounds to me like uh, Great Master Dogen's pure meditation and Venerable Wienang's Zen meditation. The, the root of pure meditation begins in formal meditation. Um, and then we change postures and take pure meditation with us into our everyday lives. If pure meditation was only for the meditation hall, what good would it be? You know, just be, sit down and have that and then you go out and do whatever. Uh, the mind of meditation is for everything. It permeates our life. The mind in meditation is not distracted and diffused by external and internal, and internally is not fixed. It does not grasp anything. Reverend Master G occasionally talked about training as detective work. In other words, you have to do some investigating. To find out what is causing suffering, we have to be willing to look at our suffering. And you know, when you meditate, you get a good chance to look at your suffering. We have to face it square on. We can't be distracted and scattered. Um, we focus uh, in our meditation, but the focus is gentle, not pressing, um, not striving. That's the same in our detective work. If we lack compassion, we are probably not going to get far in our investigation. So if we push too hard, and there's no compassion in there for ourselves and others, um, we don't get too far. If the mind is soft and pliable, it can move with the changes. If we keep at our practice and meditation, we see that there is more than just suffering. There is more than birth, aging, and death. Although we are born, age, and die. There is an end to suffering, and this can be realized in this lifetime. Personally, I'm very grateful for the simplicity of our practice and meditation. I just, you know, I'm, I'm a, 
uh, what is it, haul water and chop wood kind of monk. It's okay by me. Um, so, you know, I'm really grateful for the simplicity of our practice and meditation. And as we know, what is simple is not always so easy. It's actually a very subtle practice that we have. The mind wants to complicate it all and make it like you can't just cut through the distractions. But the thing is, we can. It works. It works if we keep at it with regularity and consistency. You know, it's, that's the whole thing about a meditation practice. You just keep at it. Remember Master G who used to say, can you do five good minutes of meditation? And can you do it regularly? Well, five good minutes is wonderful. If you can do more, great. But, you know, I mean, I live in a monastery. The, the schedule, um, the monastic life revolves around the meditation. Our meditation. I, th- I thought it was really nice yesterday, although I don't want anybody to be cold. But the warmest place in the monastery was the um, Buddha hall and the meditation hall because we still have the heat on down here. We, we, we don't close it down until we're sure it's tipped over to summer. But uh, the thing is to be regular and consistent. That goes f- much further than a little bit here and a little bit there, even if the little bit is you know enormous. There's just something about a consistent, everyday, regular practice. And of course you take time to take a break and take time to rest. So everyday practice is, is the ticket. Our practice is not about heroics. However you feel, just do the best you can. So, you know, if you're having a tough time, if um, there's a lot going on in your life and it's hard to sit, well, still sit, you know. Maybe you can't sit as long, but just sit. There's something about getting yourself... Um, into your meditation spot and just being still for a while. And I just, I mean, my encouragement is just to keep at it. You know, practice and meditation, um, which of course means the precepts because precepts and practice and meditation are one. If, if you keep at it, if you're regular about it, you will, these will become your refuge, okay, your guide. And you get all the help you need. So that's my short talk for today. Homage to all the Buddhas in all worlds. Homage to all the Bodhisattvas in all worlds. Homage to the scripture of great wisdom. <laughs>